Hey there, uh, just a quick note about today's episode. CJ and I spoke for a really long time. Too long. But it was great, so we're releasing a shortened version of the conversation, as well as this full version. If you don't want to hear the whole thing, I get it. That means that you should stop now. And go download the non-bonus version of the show. It's still a great episode, and you can always come back here if we haven't talked you to death. Go on. I'll wait. Okay, if you're still here, buckle up. Here's the show. One, two... Three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show that springboards off of our guests' musical memories to dive deep into the waters of their past. I'm Richard Chinqui. My guest today is CJ McFarlane. CJ is the IT administrator at Babcock Ranch Neighborhood School, the school in the first solar-powered town in America. CJ designed and manages the technology systems used by the school, drawing on his education and 19-year employment at Florida Gulf Coast University, where he also helped design and maintain many of the technology systems. He also managed to pick up an MBA and is on his way to being Dr. McFarlane. Oh, and he has taken at least one college class in scuba diving, which is as close to underwater basket weaving as you can actually get. We first met when I began working at the university in the IT department. CJ was the show them the ropes guy when I was there, and our personalities, interests, and general outlooks on life just kind of meshed. He was one of my groomsmen and is one of my oldest friends. Back when we started the show, I kind of knew I was going to get to CJ eventually, so I'm really glad to get him in the seat. Hey there, CJ. Hey, Richard, how are you doing? I am doing really well. I'm so happy you came in. I'm glad to be back here. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, okay, we've come a long way from Griffin 106, <laughs> haven't we? That, that, is a, that is an understatement. It has been many, many gray hairs since then. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, yeah, um, I think it's a closet now, like our, yes. old, like, like our base of operations where we used to work together. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, well, what was the musical background of your childhood? So my musical background, I originally was born in New York, so I was up there till about seventh grade. Uh, what part of New York? So I was in Bronx, New York, in an area called Co-op City. And my musical background is very sparse growing up. Being in New York, you know, my mother had a car that didn't have a radio. Because once you put a radio in your car, <laughs> you quickly lose your radio in your car. <laughs> yeah. So really, we only really listened to music when she was cleaning. And it was always a lot of, you know, Nat King Cole, The Platters, you know, things like that. And that was really when I listened to music when I was younger. Uh, every once in a while on a, long, on a long car trip, she would have a record player or a cassette player. And that's played music. So I very quickly fallen into the habit of long car trips, just fall asleep. It wasn't up until probably... Seventh, eighth grade that I really started to listen to music on my own. But prior to that, it really was kind of, I was a free range child for the most part. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. You know, just yeah. kind of go outside, play, come home, do homework, go to bed, school, play, go to bed, repeat every day. Did either of your parents um, play any instruments or sing? So not really, but my father was a DJ for quite a while. Hmm. Uh Part of my family is Jamaican on my father's side, Jamaican, which is music is very much ingrained yeah. into the culture. You know, my first speaker system was his old DJ set. 
at least part of it. So I had these giant 18-inch speakers in my room, uh, two record players, a mixer, a fader, all that, to the point where living on a golf course when I was younger, you know, we'd get complaints because <laughs> we were was in the middle of the day just rattling walls yeah. so they can hear it out on the golf course. And so it was growing up, like toward my formative years, that's really when I started to get intertwined with music and found an interest in things like that. Do you think um, him uh, giving you the the mixer and the speakers and everything, did that have an effect on your your um, predilection for technology and and all that stuff? Or was it later? Like, when did you start fiddling? So I started fiddling with real technology, and I wish, to, I, wish I could say I was always interested in computers and things like that, where, to be honest, I just played on computers because there were times I had nothing left to do, so I played on them. I literally went into college going, I don't know what I want to do. And my mother basically said, well, you know how to use a computer. Do that till you figure it out. <laughs> and then I started working at FGCU in the PC lab, where I basically walked in one day, saw the guys who worked there playing games. I was like, this seems fun. Let me play games. And then after a while, they're like, if you're just going to be here, and people started asking you questions and you've answered them, might as well just get paid like the rest of us. And I was like, that sounds like a good deal. So <laughs> I asked for a job and the night manager at the time basically just handed me a packet of papers. He's like, fill this out, come back tomorrow. Okay, I guess I work here now. Like, And I kind of did that for like 19 years, surprisingly. Uh, you have a brother? I have half-brothers. You have, you have half-brothers? Yes. Does, do any of them play any instruments? And did you learn to play an instrument? So I tried to learn to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, that failed miserably. Not really failed. I'm still working on it. Okay. I still have the you guitar. Failed. You know? <laughs> I have I have thoughts in my head that one day I'll, I'll learn. I just... The desire to learn when I have time to learn is not as high when I don't have time. Yeah. When I'm busy, then I go... I really could wish I could sit down and play the guitar right now. And then when I have nothing to do, I'm like, I'd really like to watch Netflix right now. <laughs> um, do you associate any particular kinds of music with your family, with being at home, growing up? So my mother is Puerto Rican, so you know, half my family is very... There, there's that type of music to it, you know? Salsa, things like that. And I'm always... It's weird being Puerto Rican and Jamaican is that you you naturally kind of drift mm -hmm. to those styles of music and I can't put my finger on it why because I have horrible rhythm <laughs> Me too. that might be my problem with the guitar is you know I can't really get into the rhythm very easily half the time well I have I have good I have good um, performance rhythm like I can play music really mm -hmm. really well and I can't dance for anything <laughs> And I don't know why there's a difference, but there's a difference. Like I can, I can figure out a dotted eight mm -hmm. like beat, but ask me to move my feet to it, forget it. <laughs> Maybe so, you uh, have to just play your feet like an instrument. I've, I've. That's. I should try that. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like, like steps. Steps make sense to me. Like, like um, pre-prescribed dances yeah. make sense to me. But like, just, just. Oh, here's a song. Dance. Mm. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. It All is. Right. It, trust me, my, uh, the wedding dance. Probably uh, one of the things my wife was the most scared about because, you know. You guys did great. We did do great. Yeah. yeah, she was very, very worried about that. 
and I pretended as best I could. <laughs> she was worried because she was worried about what you were going to do. Not Exa- what, she wasn't worried about what she was going to do. Of course. Okay. You know? Just wanted I, to clarify. That. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. She was just, she was worried about the combined image. Right. You know, kind of like if you're doing a painting with somebody and the other person can't even color within the lines, you're like, I have to kind of make my side look good enough that they don't even see <laughs> the like other half. It's like a group half. project. <laughs> It is exactly like a group project. Uh, I just realized all this wedding talk. Everyone here was at my wedding. Yes. Including Aliana, who was uh, riding along in the corner of the studio over there. Yes. Uh, You were like you were like two weeks old, but because (laughs) CJ was uh, one of my one of my groomsmen. Yep. You were you were there. You didn't have Um, a choice. (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, uh, uh, what's the first music that you owned for yourself that was like your music? So the first thing I owned for myself was a boys to men. All right. You know, and that was kind of, I went through a very R and B stage early on, you know, and that was the thing, like a lot of R and B boys and men, bone thugs and harmony, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I was, I still remember playing that on my Casey and Jojo. Yep. I remember the Boys the Men CD. I I had that in my computer, and playing that all the time. What did your mom think about Bone Thugs and Harmony? And I don't know. We never really have those types of conversations. She never commented on your musical nope, taste. No, nope, no. Nope. Later, I moved into things like rap, mm-hmm. and I know how she feels about rap, uh, and it's not a good thing. <laughs> but you know, Bone Thugs and R and B is very close to. You know, type of music that she likes, you know, the platters, Nat King Cole, things like that. Yeah. They're they're very close. It's just kind of a different era mm-hmm. of music, you know, and it's just, music's just evolved over the years, you know, like, you don't really hear funk labeled funk anymore. Like, right. where's that music gone? It's just evolved into other genres. Yeah, we were talking on an episode not very long ago about how... Um disco came and blew up and then went but then a few years ago when daft punk basically swept the grammys is like get lucky yeah and all of it that's that's disco all yep. the way down and they kind of were just like well we're, we're doing it we're gonna use this this thing that people kind of made a joke about but we're gonna make it like you can dance it's gonna be fun it's gonna yeah. be good music um what do you think it says about you that when I asked you about your first music that you that was yours that you said that you remember playing it in your computer? Well, like, like that was where you put it to listen to it. Because that's really all I had, you know, like my first even though I had a DJ set, it didn't have a CD player on it. Mm-hmm. So I was playing records for the most part. So and a lot of them weren't even my records over my father's. This was before the resurgence of vinyl. Yes. So records were older. They were music. older. I and mean, I mean, she was, was. Yep. And, you know, for those people who don't know or don't remember or have never seen a record, <laughs> you know, DJs used to have to carry like milk cartons. Yeah. <laughs> they were the big plastic cartons. Big giant. Or teal. Teal. Yeah. And they'd, they'd have to carry like 30 of them. Mm-hmm. To every gig because they didn't know exactly what music they need. So they'd have to keep everything organized. Then, you know, when my father stopped DJing and we moved from New York, he literally had probably around 50 to 100 cartons full <laughs> of records that he just, he wasn't planning on DJing anymore. So he just gave it away. 
you know, he gave me two speakers and his deck because the speakers themselves were probably about six feet tall, three feet deep, and probably two and a half feet wide. So we put like two of them in a moving van and drove them down. Like, it's just insane how large it is. And then now, you know, you have a DJ who's running around with an iPad. Yeah. And he's all set. He, he's that's good. The whole, that's, that's the whole rig. That's yeah. the whole rig. 20,000 songs in the palm of your hand. And, and they can grab a new one if they have to. Exactly. Yeah. I love Spotify. Spotify is the cheapest DJ you can buy anywhere now. Yep. All right. Um, let's come up on your first song here. Um, do you want to talk about the story or do you want to listen to the song first? So we can talk about the story first. Sure. So what's, so what's the song? So the song is Devil Went Down to Georgia. Mm-hmm. It is my favorite song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very weird when people look at me and I tell them that my favorite song is Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yeah. And then I tell them that I love listening to things like Eminem and DMX. Right. So they kind of go, those, team, those two things don't seem to go together. But for me, it really is. All my life, I've seen my mother work very, very hard. She was, while I was growing up, she was going through medical school. So the two things that I wanted in life was, A, a job I enjoy, and B, not to be in debt. And so far, batting 50%. <laughs> hey, batting 500, <laughs> batting 500 is like an incredible stat. Oh, yeah, I can, get, I can get in the Hall of Fame yeah. if I bat 500. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm kind of... I focus now, the older I get, the more on the being happy than being in debt, you know, Mm -hmm. because worst case scenario, my daughter can handle that. Like, I'll die. (laughs) That's her problem. Not my problem anymore. You know, that's a tomorrow issue. So one of the first, my first job was working for my mother. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a practice at this time. We moved to Florida. And uh, just to clear up, um, she is an anesthesiologist? Yes. Was she an MD back then? Like, was she just like a, so like she a was, general practitioner back then? She was going through medical school. Okay. So, like, some of the earliest memories I have is literally sitting in, an enti- in a giant auditorium. Mm-hmm. In the back of the auditorium, probably I had to be, like, maybe four or five. For some reason, I just remember sitting in the back of this auditorium that had to seat at least four or 500 people. Maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. I was four, so <laughs> everything's big to you back then. Yeah. But it was this giant auditorium, and she used to bring me to school when she couldn't find a babysitter at night, and I'd have to just sit in the back and be quiet. And I also remember, it's one of those funny things, they had a break room that I found to be the greatest place on earth because they had an ice cream machine. Oh. So it was an ice cream vending machine that you don't even see these anymore, but you put the money in, then you lift the flap, yeah. and then you pull your ice cream out. I oh, loved... yeah, like the ice chest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I loved going there because after class, she'd always meet with her group, and then I'd get ice cream because that's how you make children quiet <laughs> is you give them ice cream or the promise of ice cream or the thought that you might give them ice cream. They will be good. And those are the two things I remember her going through medical school. So it wasn't up until I was going through probably fourth, fifth grade. and sixth grade, she was doing a residency. So that was, you know, 26-hour shifts, 36-hour shifts of being on call, then coming home, doing studying, things like that, and then going back. So, like, that work ethic I've seen all my life. I saw how horrible... It was. All right. Speaking like, of, so that's to your first job. 
Yeah, so my first job was she was she joined a practice and they were taking all their records and digitizing them. So my job was to take these written records and put them into a digital system, which I wish I could joke and laugh, but I will tell you this system was so slow that you'd put the name in and it would take 30 to 45 seconds to find the record. Mm. And if it didn't find the record, then I had to create the record. And then it would take another two to three minutes as you went from field to field because the process was so slow. I hated that job. Hated every moment of it. That sounds like the opposite of you to yes. me. Like that like if I had to make a job for you to dislike, I think data entry that wasn't able to keep up with your entry speed with no variety to it, yep. like that sounds the opposite of CJ to me. Yes. Yeah. And it is because I I hated that job. I I couldn't quit it. I wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. That was I didn't have a mom, choice. Were, yeah, I was working mom. for my mom. Yeah. That was it. That's the job. <laughs> so it was funny because you have to remember back in the day, uh, we didn't have Spotify or streaming music or things like that. So what they had was the only thing I could listen to in this office was the best ofs from the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. So literally top hit CDs. And that's what I listened to for six to eight hours a day, every day. And I came across The Devil Went Down to Georgia, and it just I just felt better. Like, looking at that screen, just waiting and waiting, like that song just made me feel better. And uh, every time I hear it, it kind of, it just always picks me up a little bit, and I enjoy it. Uh, did you, have you ever heard anything like that? Like anything At, like country or, not, or similar? So, so if, I heard some country, right? Mm-hmm. And even on the best hubs, there there were some country songs on it, but it was just something that it just rose to the top for me, you okay. know? And it was just, it's my go-to when I just need like a little just, it's, it gives me a smile. Okay, well, we're going to give it a listen here. I'm going to point out, by the way, that you it almost didn't make it onto that best of album because it was released in 1979. Yes. <laughs> so yes, you almost didn't get to have it. But uh, this is The Devil Went Down to Georgia by the Charlie Daniels Band off of their 1979 album, Million Mile Reflections. When's the last time you listened to that song? Uh, probably less than three or four days ago. Especially now that uh, Charlie Daniels just passed, we, we were just gonna we were talking about that in here yep. while it was uh, going. Yeah, just a, just two weeks, not even. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of kind of sad about that. But you know, it's for those who could have seen me in the booth. I I can't help but to move. You know to it. all of those words. <laughs> it, it is very funny because uh, doing sound as well. Yeah. That was my go-to uh, sound test song. That's a good, yeah. It's a good test for sound. You know, so I'd be, I would blast that over the speakers all the time to the point where my boss knew. John Wilson, he'd <laughs> yeah. always knew what oh, I was doing. Oh, now I remember you doing that, but I didn't yep. know why. It that was just it always, always brought a smile to my face. And if I'm going to be doing a long setup, hauling a lot of gear, yeah, sometimes I just just need a little smile. Hey, I could have I could use that for a parting tune because it definitely brings back um, an instant memory for me of being in my dad's house in 1980 or so. Right after that came out, I would have been eight years old, and just that song. I just remember that song. But I also remember at the time there was like um, 
controversy over whether they could say bitch on the radio. <laughs> yeah. And so there was a radio edit. You son of a yes. gun. Son I've of heard gun. son of a gun. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, we, we talk about song stories for this show. That's a song with a story. You know what I mean? Like, that's just such a great example yeah. of a song that just boom, boom, boom. You got yourself a whole novel in there if you want to flesh it out. Yep. So anyway, I just wanted to chime in. <laughs> yeah, and, and a popular one, right? It's popular enough. I mean, yep. Futurama did uh, 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 a bit on it, right, yep. with the Robot Devil. Um, so I think that it's interesting that the last guest that I interviewed um, was a white girl from Oklahoma. Her first song was an R. Kelly song. <laughs> and your first song is a Charlie Daniels song. And uh, I love that song, but it's um, it's very... Um, I associate it with a very confederate, let's yes. say, um, laser light show at Stone Mountain in Georgia, which is like the, the southern version of Mount Rushmore. Yes. Um, and uh, it got me thinking about how, uh, you know, uh, you're black and Puerto Rican, and I'm black and Chinese, and... Um, I'd say that it's fair that like neither of us, um, neither of our musical tastes are like, like particularly driven by our race or yes. even our geography. Like we like everything. A lot of, yeah. Um, but I wanted to know: Did you ever feel pressure to listen to like the right kind of music when you were growing up? You know, yes and no. Like, there's always that that feeling of it depends on where where you're brought up. You know, like. Coming to Florida, mm -hmm. and when I came to Florida, I moved to Southwest Florida in the in a gated community, where it was literally there was there was my family, uh, Deion Sanders' parents. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that was pretty much it. We were we were the only colored people mm -hmm. for a while, you know. So it wasn't like you missed us. We'd always check in on each other. It felt like uh, it's funny. Their dog would get out every once in a while and run to our house. <laughs> don't know why just run to our house opposed yeah. to all the other houses um so you know there was always that expectation of you know being one of the few minorities i went to a catholic school so you know you can count the minorities on a single hand mm -hmm. so it's always that feeling of am i am i black enough you know well you're you're being you're not black enough or you're being not black or you're being too black you know is that that weird thing like my grammar? Mm -hmm. My mother would not. Oh yeah. Allow for any type of slang. Yeah. You know, and when I was growing up, especially when I was younger, you know, I'd get things like "You sound white," and I'd always reply, "I mean, proper English," and like, "Yeah, thought you're a white guy," because I speak proper English. Like I wonder just, if that's I wonder if there's an there's an uh, an element of be, being an immigrant to that because I, I had a similar thing. Um, we lived in Georgia for a few years, mm -hmm. hence my visit to Stone Mountain, <laughs> and um, and uh, my mom could not would not allow the word uh, "doesn't" <laughs> in the house, uh -huh. and and everybody's I mean white people and black people and Asian people yep. and Hispanic people in, in the town, that's doesn't. Yep. But if I said it, uh, it was coming. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I could feel her coming up behind me. Um, and I wonder if that's um, less a race thing and just more that like we're here and you're going to, you're going to do this correctly and this is what correct means it, for it, our parents. W without a doubt, you know, it was always the, you need to speak proper English. And you know, when you look at these, and she'd point them out, like, listen, listen to these kids that, 
you know, came up in the ghettos, you know, they can't enter society. They can't enter mainstream because their language in where they grown up is, is perfect. Like everyone understands them, but you leave that, the inner city, you leave those lower st- rings and all of a sudden you're like, what do you say? Mm-hmm. Huh? Like I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. When I go to the barbershop, half the time I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I can pick up the context, but some of the words I'm like, really? That, all right. And I take those times to listen. Like one of the things I wanted growing up was a flat top. Oh, my God. oh me too. I so <laughs> wanted a flat top. <laughs> we can I, commiserate on this. <laughs> never ever got a flat top. My mother said, "No way." Are Is you... it too late? <laughs> Maybe not, but the fad's just not there anymore. Like no one would you, understand. Um, like it. um, oh wait, like um um, From like kid kid, kid and, and play. play. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I wanted a flat top like kid and play. And yeah. I was like, you're not getting a haircut. I can put a frying pan on. You're right. <laughs> not happening. It's funny because I wanted I wanted the dreads mm-hmm. uh, like kid and play. Yep. He had the little tight ones. And my dad said, because we're, we're from Jamaica, and he was like, you're not getting dreadlocks because people will judge you a certain way. Yep. He's like, it's not bad, but you're not getting it. Yes. And I remember that conversation. Um, but I also remember um, I was I must have been I must have been eight or nine and being um heartbroken because i went to the barber (laughs) and i was like i want i want a flat top and they were like your hair can't do that there's they're like i don't know what to tell you kid like your hair doesn't do that And i was like what do you mean my hair doesn't do that like um so (laughs) all right um you mentioned uh that spotify is the best dj that you can have but uh when was the last time that you bought physical music that you remember anyway. Oh, like what's the last one you remember? The last physical man. I'm dating myself now. Because you know in the future they won't even know what CDs are. So yeah. my daughter barely knows what a CD is. 80, 80 minutes of music. <laughs> it's useless. Right? It's like a baby's toy. Do you mean only one artist? Why would I only want one artist to play back to back? $25. Yeah. <laughs> I will honestly say the last time I probably bought music, oh, God, it's probably my, I was probably still in high school, to be honest. You remember what it was? It was <laughs> uh, DMX, Blood of My Blood, Fresh of My Flesh. Oh, we're going to get to that. Okay. Yep. Cool. That was, that was that album. Yeah, that was the last album. Mm-hmm. Because shortly after that, that's when online music started to appear slowly particularly and, napster yeah napster and limewider and those yeah. things so not saying that i ever did <laughs> whatever the statute of limitations whatever to be whatever that statute is yeah um i might know people who have a particular set of skills right so uh but that's probably the last time i bought an album and that <laughs> that cd funny enough was in my car for probably five years straight your daughter has a note yeah she said she remembers that cd yeah because yeah it was taking it out and it was so dusty she remembers <laughs> she remembers taking it out of the cd player it was so dusty <laughs> yeah it, it is so funny because i remember my wife borrowed my car one time mm-hmm. and she must have ejected the cd and then to play something and i remember i got back in the car i was like why is it out of the cd player I went to put it back, and the the radio started to eat the CD, and I was like, what did you do to my car? She's like, I don't know. 
I didn't do anything to your car. I was like, it did not eat my CD before. Oh, <laughs> does yeah. it? Did it? I so mean, I, do you have the CD? I don't have any. I don't have it anymore. Okay. But I mean, but I had that for like ten years. Sure. And I mean, but that was my. That's one of my go-to. It's a rough day. Yeah. Well, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that song uh, in a little bit here. Um, first, I want to know: um, Do you go to concerts ever? Do you like concerts? Do you do that? I just have never gone to a concert. Um, Full stop. Full stop. I haven't been to a concert. Well, like, we're gonna go to a concert when all this, when concerts start yes. to happen again. You know, in the before time, children, there was, uh, there were these things that you could go to where people would stand in large groups <laughs> and yell, and it wasn't a protest, but instead music. It's crazy to think that he may have actually missed his opportunity. Yeah. We may never have con- to see a concert. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's not true. So, so my favorite, my favorite, like you know, like figuring out life in the pandemic thing, I think maybe. Um, uh, musical artists are doing concerts at drive-in theater setups. So they go to a stage in the middle of a field and they'll set up a small um, transmitter mm-hmm. that only you know can only reach so far. Yeah. And there's a big sign, you know, get, like you pull up to the spot, turn your radio to this frequency, and you'll hear them yep. playing. So you can see them through the windshield, you can hear the music in your car stereo, and you're with your friends, but you're not with anybody else. Yep. And um, I love that idea because it's... Let's open up a venue yeah. that does that. To, to, I'm into it. To think it only took, you know, a pandemic to bring back the to bring drive-in. To drive and kill regular theaters. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll just go full circle again. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> is there anybody that you would, like like a dream concert that you would like to go to if you could? You know, I'd have to think about that, to be honest. Well, this like, is the time. This is the time. I would probably... Man... That's a good question. I was not prepared for such a great good. question. So I I think I would I would really like to see probably Eminem and Dr. Dre. Like I think that would be a great experience. Yeah. To be honest, probably the next concert I would I if I was going to go to a concert, it'd probably be something with my daughter. Like to be honest, like that would that would be that. Okay, here's a fun question then. Would it be something that you want to take her to so she can see it, or would it be something she wants to go to and then you have to? So it would have to. It depends on on her age. Like you know, right now, right now she's uh, she's twelve. So uh, <laughs> I think uh, Eminem might be a uh, little much, little much, little much. Trying to you know keep my parent status for four, yeah, maybe five years. You know, after that she can she can move on. I'm hoping she has the skills to be out, yeah, and take care of me in my old age. That's my <laughs> retirement plan. But yeah, my me retire- too. Yeah, you know, hopefully do well enough that she'll take care of at least one of us, and I'm the one that she takes care of. Because you're taking her to the concerts. That's because I'm taking her to the concerts. <laughs> okay. Um, are you into um, Are you into like uh, Broadway or any of that, like musicals? So we've done. I've gone to a couple musicals. Uh-huh. Um, at my new job, we've yes. I've had the opportunity to go to a few to chaperone a few mm-hmm. musicals that, luckily, my daughter has also been to too. So, like the last one I went to was Finding Neverland, cool. which was really good. We weren't seated together because <laughs> you know I was chaperoning. Yeah, but you know I I do like musicals and Broadways. When I was growing up, I'd go to them all the time. Like my grandmother was very involved with the Spanish American Club mm-hmm. and her church, so they were always doing different types of trips and being that my mother was always working i was always there so i have lots of memories of running raffles 
mm. on a tour bus, you know, on the coach bus, going up and down the aisles, collecting tickets and doing things like that for my grandmother. So, you know, a lot of fun times. So I've always enjoyed theater. Okay. Uh, what about um, film musicals? I do. <laughs> I do have a soft spot for yeah. musicals, especially comedy musicals. Like? Um so one of my favorite, it's a TV show. Sure. And I'd love to see it live. Uh, Gallaghan. That was, it was a, it was on, I think, ABC or NBC. It's a few years old. Uh, but it, you would think it's your typical, like, you know, King Arthur storyline. And then all of a sudden it is just musicals and comedy and it's just hilarious. But it's one of those shows that. Wait, Gallivant? Yes. Uh... I think that's the name of it. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, a musical comedy. Fe- yep. Oh, featuring a knight on a quest. Huh. Yep. This sounds exactly up my alley. <laughs> it is hilarious. Like, so I I love okay. those types musical of... So I like I, those three words next to each other. Musical yes. fantasy comedy. Yes. Okay. Um, Wait, real quick. Oh. Musical fantasy comedies. Have you ever seen from the 70s, uh, Christy McNichol, <laughs> um, what's it called? Pirates uh, but, of Penzance. Yeah. No. But, oh, my God. You have to. Oh, never mind. We'll talk yeah. about this after <laughs> well, the show. Well, the short version is, so, so Pirates of Penzance, the musical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a campy. Version it's like it. almost like. It meets Airplane, the movie, but yeah. it's and it, but it's so it, you'll love it anyway. I, okay, I will put that on my list because I, I love. Actually, I love it was those called things. the Pirate Movie. That's <laughs> what it was. Movie. It was based on Pirates yeah. of Penzance, but it was called the Pirate Movie, and it was like high budget and low budget all at once somehow. <laughs> it looks like it feels like they're in on the joke. I sure hope they were. They were, they were. Yeah. Um, um, karaoke. Yes. No. No, no, no. I love going to karaoke. I don't do karaoke because I cannot sing. Like, unfortunately, that's one of the skills that my daughter has inherited from me. Uh, but she hasn't figured out that she can't sing yet, mm. so she attempts. Um, I've, I have learned. You're solid on the dad. You so, know, yeah. Tone. Oh, oh yeah. You're solid. I, I have learned that no, 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 no. Ever. It sounds like we're going to have to get together and go to, or like do one of those rentals, like rent a little machine, <laughs> but like do it at a house. Yep. So because because I I can't really like I I have a great ear, mm-hmm. I have a tiny range, <laughs> and so like I love to sing because I love music. And I can't sing great. Yeah, I can't I can't sing at all. Karaoke time. We're going to do that. So, um, All right. Let's get to this second song here, which you uh, kind of mentioned a little bit. Uh, what is it? So the second song, it's a, it's a DMX song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's strange because I am very reserved. A lot of the people yeah. who know me, uh, they – Anger is not one of the emotions they would expect to ever come from me, uh, and that is something I have learned over the years. I am big enough to admit I am super petty, <laughs> like super petty. What is the what is the smallest amount of pettiness that you? Oh, I mean, just you've done to somebody. like, <laughs> like I just I have to fight the urge constantly mm. to be petty. Like I will drive down the highway. And someone will be on my bumper, and I will slow down next to another car. <laughs> You'll just, make, make a roadblock? I'll make a roadblock just so that they can't get past. And I don't care if I can be there for hours 
just just to get back at someone for doing things like like so I have to always constantly be telling myself it's okay just just move on mm. it, it'll be okay just just move on it's o- it's okay move on it's okay your inclination is for pettiness your internal monologue is to be better. nicer be better yes. well, where would you say you're batting on that <sighs> the older i get the harder it becomes <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will happily admit. Okay, I am. I will probably be one of those old men on my lawn yelling at little kids with a button <laughs> hooked up to my sprinkler. Yeah, to just turn it on every time they came by. Sure, like I can't tell I can you. See it. I saw a uh, a, a motion activated uh, deer sprinkler. Yeah. So the idea is, once it picks up motion, it will shoot the sprinkler toward it to scare off deer. And my first thought was. That'd be perfect for kids. Like, yeah. that's what I want to put in my yard. Some small deer. Yeah, like, but that would just be so much fun to get like five of them, <laughs> and then that way, like, you can't go anywhere. Like, one would be a little bit farther back to kind of get them into the yard, <laughs> and then just <laughs> they just get soaked. Yeah. And those are the things that bring me joy. And I realize. That's, you want to be old man McFarlane in the neighborhood. Like, yes. You want the kids in the neighborhood to be like, yes. oh, careful of old man McFarlane's yeah. house. Yeah, okay. but I'd also put like toys out there <laughs> on the lawn. Whose Frisbee is this? <laughs> I don't know. Just just to bait them in. They'd be okay. like, wow, that's a really nice ball over there. No, you don't want to get it. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> All right. So your pettiness, right? So which leads into... Growing up, you yeah. know, that's one of those learned skills to keep in check. So I, I remember very clearly, like, I just got a new car. Mm-hmm. Like, it was my graduation present. Is this the Silver Eclipse? This is the Silver you Eclipse. You had that, the, the day I met you, you had that. And we talked about two months ago, maybe, about you trying to get it donated. Yes. To, which, did, that, did that happen, by yep, the way? We, Thank you so much for we, donating it to the station. We donated it to the station. So that was my second Silver Eclipse. Oh, that was the second one. That okay. was the second one. So the first one I had, I got in 98. Okay. It was a graduation present. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 99. Don't do the math. Please don't <laughs> do the math. Uh, but I was given it because the car I had before was a 1981 Volvo body with a 1980 engine that my father brought down. your dad down. can do that. Yep, my yeah. dad can do that. He was a mechanic. He brought it down from New York. It was... Psychedelic green with a touch of blue and gold sparkles. You will never find a car that looks like that. And I remember. I thought that was like the color. That is the color. Psychedelic green. Psychedelic green with a touch of blue and gold sparkles. It was a custom paint job. And I asked him why the gold sparkles. And he told me that way it sparkles in the sun. And let me tell you, this car was so noticeable that. If I walked into the parking lot and I did not see it at first glance, my first thought was it was stolen. Like, that's how <laughs> noticeable it was. And it was only time I didn't see it is because a bigger vehicle parked in front of it. Like, that was it. It had double limo tint. Ooh. So. Cop the, magnet. It, cop magnet, yes. I mean, it was super black to the point where you couldn't see out the back window unless Someone had headlights on. All right, so so you got a you got a flashy ish, but definitely way less noticeable silver. Yes, because I was starting to come home more times on a tow truck than yeah. on my own power. So okay. my mother kind of went, 
I'm sick of you being home at all hours because your car broke down. So she got me the clips early, early graduation gift, almost a year early. Mm -hmm. So it was just before spring break, you know? So like brand new car, spring break rolls around. What are you going to do with a brand new car on spring break? Going to go to the beach. Going to go to the beach. Yep. You know, so, you know, me and like seven friends. And that car fits two and a half humans. Yes. Like <laughs> two door, two door coupe. Yeah. But we had, there was like six or seven of us yeah. that night and we're just piled in the car. It's Fort Myers Beach. Fort Myers Beach. Okay. The only beach that's at the fair. time. I guess that's true. <laughs> Where else are you going to go for spring right. break when right. you're, you know, a senior, junior in high school? So, you know, just tooling up and down the beach. And there was a kid who, Shared a lot of bad blood with in school, you know, spotted us on the beach. And because Fort Myers Beach at the time was not that large, you know, you'd run it. If you saw someone on the beach, you're going to see him at least two, three, four more times. Right. So it was one of those times that, you know, tensions were escalated. You know, their words were words were set on both sides and we're getting ready to leave the beach, stop at a gas station and he pulls up next to us in the gas station, and it has a gravel drive-in, mm-hmm. you know? And I just remember it so clearly, like, I had my window down, he rolled down his passenger window, more words were said, mm-hmm. and then he just peels out, shooting rocks all over my car. And at that point, like, the anger level went from, like, 10 to, like, a 1,000. Like, it was just rage. So on Fort Myers Beach, it's one lane each way and then a turning lane. Yep. And I had a stick shift. Mm -hmm. So he pulls out, he gets in the, in the road, he gets in the lane and I just, I just drop it into first gear and I just start tooling after him. Right. So I'm in the turning lane doing probably about 30 to 45, which doesn't sound like, doesn't sound fast, except it's the beach spring break. Everyone's doing like five miles per hour, you know? So I just tool past this, the gas, there's a 7-Eleven that all the cops used to hang out at, tool past that doing 30 in first gear. So of course the engine's just, lots revving to the moon. just revving to the moon. Sounds like I'm doing a hundred, you know? And I'm just, I am just so upset and I'm, I'm ready to, to kill this kid. Like I was, I was 100% ready to kill him. There was no question in my mind. I was already thinking, how am I posting bail? Because this kid's going down. And then there's a break in the traffic. I pull out of the turn lane, get into this going straight, and then this music kind of breaks through. I don't usually do this, but I think this would be a good time to listen yeah. to the song. And then let's come back. All right. All right. So this is um, Ready to Meet Him by DMX off of uh, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, the 1998 album. So I was driving and that song just breaks through and I'm like, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. And I saw him and if at Fort Myers Beach, when you're leaving the beach, there's the bridge that goes over the, goes back to the mainland. But right before the uh, bridge, there's a turnoff. Like literally. Turn lane if you want to get on the bridge. Yeah. So you can either go straight and go onto the bridge or turn right. And then there's that little road that will go back underneath the bridge and then you can wind around so i saw him break right there and i said you know it's not worth it 
I heard this the song just just something told me just keep on going just keep on going so I just stayed straight and I went over the bridge and probably got halfway over the bridge and I uh, saw the blue the blue lights there's a cop behind me which he promptly pulled me over after we got off the bridge uh, and he gave me a ticket for uh, failure to follow traffic signals and uh, it is apparently illegal to pass in the turning lane found that out that night <laughs> lesson that I keep with me to this day right but you know from looking back on that shortly after that if I would have turned right and I would have chased that kid down I probably would have went to jail that night yeah because there was already a cop behind me and like the the rage was just I didn't even notice like he was probably behind me for like two blocks and it wasn't like he was caught he was right behind me mm -hmm. So, and because Fort Myers Bridge or Beach is one road, so for him to light up right after we go over the bridge, he had to be behind me the whole time. Yeah. What was, uh, what, what particular part of the song? So it, it was, it was toward the middle of the verse, mm -hmm. you know, I'm coming to meet him. And then it breaks down to the, you know, what if he's lied to me? Don't lie. Mm -hmm. He's trying to kill me don't kill mm -hmm. and like it was just that that resonance of it's just not worth it like you gotta you gotta rise above hmm. and it was just and from that day like dmx you know and some eminem songs those are my i'm very upset right now and i need to get my head to a place where you know not to lose it to stay in control, you know, and that's why, you know, most people who know me, you ask them, have you ever seen CJ lose his temper? No. Have you ever seen him upset? No. You know, because I, I try to maintain that control because it's, it's very important. Um, all my life it's been, you know, ingrained that you have to be above, you know, you have to show that you are better than everybody else to be equal. And it's a very common sentiment that a lot of immigrant families, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure you, you probably got told the same thing, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. if you want to be equal, you have to be better. Yeah. So a, mi a minus is, is a D. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta, yep. you gotta prove that you are to be seen as equal. You have to prove that you are, you're better. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, Every stereotype is is going against you. You know, people will look at you and think uh, if you're if you're black, you know, they're going to think, well, you're not well spoken. You know, they're going to think that you're lazy. They're gonna, there are all these stereotypes that, in my mind, and a lot of people of color's mind, is that we're constantly fighting. You know, you don't want to be, you know, the militant black guy. You don't want to be the angry black lady. You know, you don't want to be those things. So you work so hard to avoid being those things. Yeah. You know. Is is that the um is that the closest that you have come to your um to like letting a decision in anger you know, because because you said and I think you're right, that that it's something that you're raised to be aware of and that you always try to be cognizant of where you are on that meter. 
And when you, that night, came very close to having it be the one bad decision, is that is that like the closest? That is that's... that is probably the last time. Hmm. Um, there was probably well, that was probably the second to last time. I think the other moment that I can really tell that my anger was really got out of control and almost made some bad decisions was in high school. So my wife, I have known since high school, right? And there was a kid who was on the football team who was basically picking on me and I never really cared. Like once again, rise above. My thought was, what are you going to do? All you got is football. After this, you're just going to be a nobody. So, you know what? I'll let time sort the deck, and I'll win out, you know, because I know I have a future, and you probably don't. But I remember we were, so my wife and I were, were dating at the time, and he said something about her. And it just, and to this day, I don't even remember what he said. Hmm. Think about that. But uh, it it got me to the point where I was so angry that, and I was like five, five, maybe like 115 pounds, right? This kid was, I think he was a linebacker, or no, he was a running back. Mm-hmm. So he was like five, nine, almost six foot, almost close to 200 pounds. Like yeah. he had easily 50 to 60 pounds on me. Yeah. And after class, I grabbed him and I pushed him up against the lockers. And I told him, I was like, say, say something say something right now and I looked him dead in the eyes and I'd look up <laughs> like to give you that picture yeah so there's a little scrawny kid I looked up and I looked him dead in the eyes I was like do something because I am going to break both your kneecaps and then I'm going to smash your hands and you will never carry a football again it's clear as day hmm. and then luckily someone who knew the both of us came by and he pulled me away and he's like and he told the football player he's like don't he will hurt you. When I think back, I'm like, I can't. Like, at no point can I ever let myself get there. So, like, those types of things, are, yeah, like, it's, and I tell my daughter, you know, who you hang out with is going to dictate how your life goes, you know, and in high school, pretty much I was hanging out with the wrong people up until I met my wife, you know, like I started hanging out with her and I started hanging out with the wrong people less because that wasn't her group. You know, she didn't hang out with those people. And I was at least smart enough at the time that I didn't want those people hanging out with her, you know, so kind of, I just kind of self separated. And the more I separated, the less I got in trouble. Hey, I actually wanted to uh, ask a question about Winika uh, here, so this is a good time to do it. Um, where do you and uh, she differ and agree on music? <laughs> so she like she likes R and B, and she also likes pop. Mm-hmm. So she she and my daughter they they like a lot of the same songs. They listen to you know radio stations that play music. Um, I typically listen to things like. NPR, WGCU. Hey. You know, <laughs> I'm not getting paid to say that, though I, I wouldn't mind. 
to be honest. I'm not going to. You don't work at the university anymore, so yeah. Yeah, so I can be a consultant. I already gave you a car, so. It's true. Um, so I listen to a lot of talk radio and try to stay informed, but they listen to a lot of things like that. Uh, my wife's really not that big into rap, you know. Um, some country, you know, but then again, country now is starting to kind of overlap with R&B. You know, there are a lot of songs that Mm -hmm. are kind of like in the middle, Mm -hmm. kind of like my next song. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Which is right there in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we kind of, she listens to her music. I listen to my music and that's kind of. Where do you guys converge? What's something that you can put on and you know that if she comes in, she'd be like, oh, good. Like, that's the one uh, that you you also want to listen to. (laughs) Not not for her. Something that you like. Well, every everything she likes, I like because oh, okay. I like being married. Well, that's fair. So that's kind of how that works. <laughs> what is a song that if you put on not expecting her to come into the room, <laughs> she would be happy to walk into the room? I, I think she'd be happy. Uh, TLC, Any Boys to Men, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, so this is like, um, it's funny. That it's like a, it's almost era specific. Yeah. Like that specific kind of R&B. Yeah. Because really, like for me, I... Oh, man, I got kind of stuck. I kind of got stuck in my, uh, you know, 90s and 80s and early 2000s. I kind of went, you know what? I'm happy with this. (laughs) That's good. You know what? We'll just stop it here. We'll just just stop it here. The database has been full of music. I don't need to add anything else because... That's a great segue into my next question, which is what about Aliana, your daughter, who's 12, who is sitting there? Uh, What... What music do you and she kind of converge towards? And then where do you definitely diverge? So she she's very much pop music, you know? Okay. So most of what she, she listens to, I don't mind, you know? It all, it all pop music has That a... wasn't the question, though. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, I'm going to ask you this. Aliana, uh, you're going to have to yell a little bit, but like... Well, I'll, here, let me turn on this microphone so you can... Okay. What is a song that you like that your dad actually likes? do you think i honestly really don't know name a song you really like i've been listening to a lot of old taylor swift okay cj so so old taylor swift is only like five years ago yeah well she was a baby (laughs) uh yeah like i said like for to be honest like i don't mind pop i really i really don't okay so then the other half of that question so what is something that aliana likes that drives you up the wall to be honest, nothing. 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 There's All right. No, you were there for it, Aliana. She you heard. You can play whatever, yeah, and he she, will just be. She doesn't really play anything that just drives me crazy. And I think it's more of uh, doing audio for as long as I've done audio. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I used to do events all the time. So you're always. You trained me on a lot of it. Yeah. You're always listening to whatever the host wants, you Fair. know? Yeah. So if you get into the mindset of, I really hate this song then you're going to have a really <laughs> miserable night. Like, I can remember one event we did. Uh, it was for w, It was for uh, FGCU, and it was a fundraiser at Miramar. And we were doing it for WGCU. And, oh, man, this had to be like 15 years ago. And they were rolling out like a new Kids Plus thing. Yeah. So we had a tent with speakers, and they were playing a video, a short video, like two minutes long. And it had this bumper music at the front and the back. We were at the event 
for no less than nine hours. Oh, and it just looped? And it looped <laughs> all day long. Like, you can't... Yeah. There... If you talk to Sven, yeah, which we both know, I'm trying to get him on the show. If you talk to Sven, ask him about that bumper music. Okay. He still remembers the tone. Okay, yeah, he can still hum the bars. Like that's how like long we listened to it. Okay, and it was like bump, 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 something like that. Sure, and it was like this little kid was like, "Hey," and that's what we listened to for over and Wait, over. Wait, was it was it Curious Kids? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um. How does it curious Mike? Is it like curious I something? Oh, I'm not gonna try yeah. to sing it. Okay. So, but yeah, you know, you after doing that for as long as I've done it, you kind of just go, let me let me appreciate something in the music, which kind of comes back to something I learned very early in life, especially after doing data entry, a job I hate. I learned that, and it goes back to that first song is find enjoyment in whatever you're doing you know and i've i've told you this probably a dozen times but i've told all the new guys like look if you love mopping but hate sweeping when you got to sweep don't focus on the sweeping focus <laughs> on the idea that you get to mop afterward you know because if you dwell on oh man i got to sweep then you're just going to be miserable but if you go Oh, once I get done sweeping, oh, it's mopping <laughs> mop time, time. <laughs> and I can't wait to mop. I feel like there's a three sock story shirt in there. So like it's mopping time, <laughs> time to mop, um, okay. time to mop. Um, if you were a professional wrestler, what would be, what would your walk on music be? Well, it'd have to be like custom music that says it's mopping time. I think. No, would... no, no, no. What song would you use? You got to use a licensed song. A, a licensed song? Oh, man. I think if I was a wrestler, I would actually like to use... What do you think here? I would use The Night Santa Went Crazy by Weird Al. That's a great song. <laughs> I guess we found the song that yeah, my daughter does. your daughter doesn't like that you like, yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a great song. Yes, All I right. I love that song. Weird Al is one of one of my favorite artists. Yeah, you know I love the fact he's still making music. He stopped know? aging like a decade ago. Right? He just said, "This is it. I'm I'm getting this old." I'm, I'm, I'm I, I love his uh, going through the drive-through opus, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is a remake of Coming Out the Closet. Yes. Yeah. Yes, going through the drive through. Yeah. Yes, like I love that song. I love the night Santa went crazy. Yeah. I like. Um, it was, I promise this will be the last. I can't promise that. <laughs> this is very likely to be the last time I talk about Hamilton on the podcast. But um, yeah, right. yeah, no, it won't be. Um, I I like that. I like that. Lin Manuel Miranda went to a Weird Al concert when he was ten. <laughs> And there's a clip of him sitting next to him on the couch on, I think, Conan, mm -hmm. talking about that he did a Hamilton polka. <laughs> like, like it's... Weird Al has become an ageless, yeah. <laughs> like, entity yeah. that just continues forward while all of us do our... He's like the Queen of England. Yes. Like he's just, eh, I'm just going to be around. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, is, there, is there a television theme song um, that you have memorized that you, or think you've memorized that you'd be willing to try to sing with us here? 
No, I do not. No, you do not want to sing or no? No, I can't even think of a theme song. Theme song. I don't. Yeah, that's yeah. Netflix you, has kind of killed the theme song. Yeah, it? it really has. Like, what, ev- even if I'm watching like on Amazon, yeah, like I just you just skip through it. Like, what about uh, from your childhood? Any of those those Disney cartoons like Rescue Rangers? Or... <laughs> Let's see. There's Darkwing Duck. Uh huh. I don't think I if I heard it, I might remember it. But let's see what you got. Let's see. Because I remember that there was Darkwing Duck. There was. Rescue Rangers, Tailspin. 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 Oh, I but love Tailspin, Tailspin is just um, Tailspin. Tailspin is just bum 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 Ducktails. Do you want any Ducktails? We can try Ducktails. They rebooted Ducktails, and I watched the new one. The new one is great. It's really good. Like a hurricane, here is Duckbird. Racers, racers, airplanes. It's a duck it's on the mystery, yep. oh. or rewrite history, DuckTales, woo! Every day out there making DuckTales, woo! It's a very good game, DuckTales, There's a danger just behind you, there's a stranger out to find you, what you just grab onto some DuckTales, What? <laughs> Yeah. Now I will say that is one of my my wife's favorite TV shows. Too. The new one. Yep. Yeah. I was gonna do a David Mayfield horror scream, but I decided <laughs> oh, not to. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like it's like a Frankenstein. Uh, what is the Wilhelm yes. style? Yeah. Um. Uh, thanks for playing along there, CJ. Um, let's get to your last song. I really okay. want to get to this. So, um, do you want to tell the story first, or do you want to listen to the song first? Uh, let's go to the story first, okay. because I think the story is really what makes the song. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it's a long story, but I'm going to try to condense it. Okay. And uh, there are a lot of uh, politics, of course, involved, mm. which I'm going to try to skip that. Okay. Um Names and faces will be changed to protect my identity. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Yep. Um, so essentially, like like we've talked about, you know, I started working at FGCU in 2000. So that was my freshman year of college. One of my many freshman years of college. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like, like we talked about before, I literally just stumbled into the PC lab and just met some guys and we played some games and it was just just fun. And it really goes back to, I just want to have a job that I enjoy. And a person told me a long time ago, and I still stand by this, and you've probably heard me say it more times than you'd like to remember it. Man who enjoys his job will never work a day in his life. Yeah. And, you know, while I was at FGCU, you know, I'd work 60, 70 hour weeks. And, you know, yeah. people would ask me how I do it. And I'm like, it's, it's easy. Like, I love what I do. Yeah. I and, think. and to the uh, so that people understand kind of the job that you had, like the opposite of data entry, because we would do setups for events and for classrooms, and a lot of times those would be challenging. Yes. Those would be like, how are we going to accomplish this, what they want, with what we have? And I know that for you, that's like, that's the tasty stuff is when it's like, it's hard. <laughs> exactly. Just just to give people an example of the range we would do, it's would be anything where from a small conference where they need a laptop and a projector to 
setting up graduation where I helped design the live streaming interface yep. and how we went from just <laughs> doing it with a single camera to doing it with multiple cameras. By the way, the first year we streamed, because I was there for that setup, mm-hmm. my mom was one of the like three people <laughs> that streamed. When we looked at the yep. end, we saw that there were three people yep. that she had tested it for us. Yep. And uh, if you remember uh, John Wilson, who's still yeah. there, yeah. his thing was, if we made one person happy, yep. it was worth it. And, you know, that's that's the type of leadership that I, I grew up under is that idea of Me too. the student came first. Why are we here? I, you remember him saying it. Mm-hmm. What do we do? If, we do it for the students, you know? And, you know, our, my director, Pat O'Connor Benson, like... You know, they they believed in what we did and they believed that students came first. So, you know, it was always a matter of, is it best for students? And everything we taught the guys was, is it best for students? You know, phone phone can't keep ringing. Pick it up on the first ring. Yeah. You know, why? It doesn't matter why. You're going to have to pick it up. Do it first. You know, don't say no. Try to figure it out. You know, so those are... So <laughs> you can ignore, <laughs> but no, but you're, you're right. Um, I, cause I remember us, I mean, we would try to drill into new guys. Like if you go out to fix something, if you, if you absolutely hit a wall, then come back, but don't come back because you think we might be able to do it faster than you because we want you to, yep. to figure out how to do it so that you can do it. Yep. Being, being nice and attentive covers a lot of sins. You know, even if you didn't have the answer, if the person who called you felt that you did everything in your power, they're not going to be upset. Mm. You know, so that was that was a thing. So we, you know, working late nights, long shifts, it was just it felt great because at the end of the day for us success was was everyone happy. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that John and Pat thrived, you know, drilled into us and, you know, we bought in and I bought in hard, like without a doubt, like 60 hour weeks, 70 hour weeks. You know, there was one time that I think it was after probably my fourth consecutive 16 hour shift. uh, I was walking in the arena with John Wilson and it was probably like 10 o'clock at night. Like we were six o'clock in the morning. We just finished like the last event. It was a real busy week, and we were just doing that last walk to make mm-hmm. sure we didn't leave anything around. And I walked in, I was so tired. And I look at John, and I'm like, I'm dark, and it's cold. <laughs> and he looked at me like, what? <laughs> and I was like, you heard me. <laughs> and he's like, do you mean it's dark and you're cold? I was like, that's what I said. <laughs> and he's like, sure it is. But, you know, like... You just walk away from things like that. And the people that I've worked with, like you, Richard, Chris Steiner, Mm -hmm. you know, Justin Mitchell, all those guys that have just been, they made the team what's possible. You know, it's kind of funny that in the 19 years that I was was at FGCU, for the vast majority of it, the only time people left was because they couldn't financially stay there. Yeah, very few of the people who who left while I was there or even the ones that we would sometimes we'd hang out like who had left before you know would yeah. come to town to visit very few of them stopped working 
in that department because they didn't want to work there. Yep. They they stopped because some other thing. They had to yep. move. They had family that they mm-hmm. needed to deal with. Yeah. And and to put it in context, we had mostly student workers. So <laughs> yeah. You know, like Richard, yep. you you left when you got a full time job. I, I moved from there to here, and John Wilson set up the meeting. Yep. And I mean, there were a handful of us who were working for seven dollars an hour, but mm-hmm. we were working forty hours a week. Yep. I mean, it was just it was eight to. Eight to eight sometimes, yep. you know, like we would really put the time in. Yeah. But it was because... You, Once you start caring about yeah. something like that, it's hard to stop caring about it. Yeah. I, I actually think that John's training and your training um, is one of the reasons that I'm good at doing radio because we have a saying around here um, and it's um, listener first or listener-based decisions yeah. where we have to make a choice about a thing. And so we go, well, if you're just somebody who listens to us all day... What which answer is the answer you you would like, and which if possible that's the one we make. And I think that once you start caring about the product and the quality of it first, it's really hard to stop. Yes, and I think that's and that's one of the things that I've learned from John and Pat is you need to build that culture that everyone cares about what you're doing. And they they did it in a way where it wasn't just our department. We didn't we didn't just care about academic technology. We cared at the university level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just what are we doing for us. It's hey, we got to do this to make the university successful. So you know, that's always been a part of it. And for me, I I loved it. Like I helped build something great over an extremely long time. Like. I'm always thankful to them because they gave me a shot, you know, where most of the people are like, this kid, what's this kid know? He doesn't know nothing, you know, and they gave me shot after shot and I've done everything to make it worth it. And I think I I did, you know, I really think I did. And what happened for me is I loved it so much that moving on was always going to be difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Like it. I've had previous opportunities. I always said, this isn't the time. Like, we have too many other things going on, and I don't have someone that can really take my place because I want to make sure that it succeeds. And then something— Which, which by the way, is this, is really the same decision. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not going to that other thing because I care about the what, quality of the this quality. thing. Yeah. And then I was lucky to, to hire someone who, who worked with us part-time, Justin, mm-hmm. and he was great. He was he was someone I can say, here here is the torch, you know, and be confident that I know he understands the mission and values the mission and is going to keep on trying to propel the university to that next level. But then things happen, you know, and there was organizational change and the mission didn't feel the same. But for me, it was because of all those years of it's the university. It's Mm -hmm. the university. I put how I felt on the back burner because it's how do I take care of the team? And I got it. It was a larger team now. And I was like, how do I want to integrate everybody? Like, How many people were there when you left? So when I left... Of the original group that I was working with, or just total? no, uh, no, t- like staff members, or or even like part timers, like like people who worked. So there was probably I think probably eight to ten mm-hmm. of them, 
that were there probably, maybe a little bit more. Uh, because we merged teams, so the team we merged with, they only had like two or three part-time people. So that's, that's twice as big as when we were there. Though. Yeah. yeah. And then our team, we had six. Right. So it was a question of how do we merge these teams and things like that. And for me, it's always looking at the university as a whole and what can I do. And I want I just wanted to make things better. But at the same time, like my daughter was going into sixth grade, so... She was looking for a new school. You know, a lot of things have changed at the university. And I got a job offer. And literally, uh, someone came up to me and they're like, hey, there's an opportunity at Babcock Ranch. They're looking for an IT guy who has experience in academics <laughs> and technology. And they need someone who can start it basically from the ground level, which is... You know, check, I, check, 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 check. Yeah. I started at FGC in 2000. Like we had two buildings yeah. going on the third one, you know, and now we have so many more. There's many of them. A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. And I was lucky enough to have a hand in building a lot of those things. Like I was, I helped build, I designed the lecture capture system mm -hmm. that was implemented in almost 75, 80 rooms. Like I was, I helped design the training program for faculty and I only got those opportunities because of my leadership. So when they said at Babcock, they're like, look, you know, we, we'd like to at least talk to you. And my thought was, let me just go over there, make some, make some contacts at yeah. the very least, you know, it's an opportunity to create a new pipeline for FGCU. Like if we can meet these people at this school make some contacts, make some inroads. It might be an opportunity for, you know, some higher class students coming to FGCU, mm -hmm. you know? Once again, it goes back to how do we make university. the university better? Yeah. And I remember I walked in and I talked to the principal and the assistant principal, and like within five minutes, I felt like I was back at FGCU when I started. Was that the first time you met Winston? No. <laughs> It's a good question. Though. It is a good question. So Winston is the principal's dog. So <laughs> is he the mascot too? He is basically the mascot. He's a, he is a golden doodle. Okay. Uh, but she brings him every day. Mm. So like Winston is there at school every single day, and he is a sweetheart. Like all the kids know him. All the kids love him. He'll go outside. He'll play. He'll run around. He he is a great dog. So, um, okay, so you went and met the principal and assistant principal. Yes. And uh... I, I fell in love with the place. You know, the things that we talked about were all the things that I've done. Like they said, they want to get to the new, next level. They want to implement more lecture capture. They want to implement, you know, a lot, a lot of new technology and things like that. And one of the things that really kind of like made just was the moment that it was this is this is it was the principal said to me, her biggest problem right now is getting teachers just to ask for stuff. They're so used to being told no that they don't even ask. And what she wants is for them to just ask for stuff so that they can make it happen. I was like, what? What? Are you? That's, that's, that's my way of life. Yeah. You know, that's my ninja way. Like, there it is. You know, and I was like, this is this is it for me. And I 
for those of you who get the inside reference. Oh, we're going to talk about that later. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I've got a but, question written down for that. But, uh, you know, and then it was a question of, well, if I work here, does my daughter go to school here? Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, you know, all staff, their kids can come. And we literally, we live in... Can, sorry, can you explain Babcock Ranch for people? Because this there are people in... Guam and the Czech Republic and <laughs> yes. Japan who listen to the show. So, so Bobcock, Bobcock, Babcock. Babcock Ranch is the world's first solar community. So it's designed to be completely solar powered. And it has been designed from the ground up. So it's going to be a cutting edge town. It's expected to grow to about 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. So the school there is based on the idea of innovation. And the principal there wants to change how education is done in America. She believes, and she goes back to the, we have to make decisions that are best suited for the students. And she's fighting for things like, why do we have seat time? So in K-12, you have to sit in a class for X amount of minutes. Right. It doesn't matter if you know the material or don't. You need to be there for X amount of minutes. And she's a big proponent of mastery grading. So it's not a, hey, I scored a 50 and a 70 and an 80 and a 90, so let's average all those grades up. It's, did you master the content at the end? Right. You know? Which is I, what we do in universities. Yeah. Like, you know? But it's, she doesn't want to average grades because if you didn't get it in the beginning, it doesn't matter as long as you got it at the end. So why should you be punished because you didn't understand it in the beginning and you scored low, but then you, you had your aha moment. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the whole rest of the year, you're just fighting that 50. With mastery, it's, did you master it? Yes. Then you have an A. Congratulations. You figured it out. So that's what she's a big proponent of and project-based learning. Mm -hmm. So project-based learning, you're integrating all the subjects into a hands-on activity that requires deep knowledge. So one example is our second graders did uh, germ busters. So they went around the entire school collecting samples. And then they were doing deep dives. And these are second graders. Yeah. Doing, my, daughter, my daughter just got out of second grade. Yep. Yeah. Doing deep dives into where germs grow hmm. and how they grow and why they grow. And then they're doing pra practical application. In fact... You know, with COVID going around and, and we're doing all this, we even we we're talking about letting second, you know, letting people bring in backpacks mm -hmm. and the second grade teachers like, you know, I'm blaming the, the project based learning on this one. I know how many germs are on a backpack. <laughs> I don't know if we want to do this. Yeah. Hey, speaking of a uh, little PR for the for the school and then we'll come back to the song real quick. But I want uh, can you I saw you on the news. Yes. Because you are printing 3D masks at the school? Yes. Or um, uh, face yeah. masks. Yeah. yeah. So, and this goes back to the leadership, you know, and it's, it's very funny that, so one of the people at Babcock brought to us the idea of, hey, he has a 3D printer, but he only has one. And he knows that we have several. He wanted to know if we would help printing 3D masks and donating them to, to Lee Health. And I literally just said, to my principal, Shannon Teresa, I was like, they would like us to donate masks. What do you think? And she said, go for it. Do you, do you want to know, like, how we're going to – just go for it. We'll figure it out later. Do you want me to even figure out, like, cost? Just, we'll figure it out later. Just go help. Like, so we printed out oh, over 100 
3D printed mask, mm-hmm. if not more. And we were running those printers. Essentially, it took about to print. We had four printers, and we can print four masks in six hours right. on each one. Right. So we were literally like the the maintenance man was would come in at six. He would start. He would clean off a run, start a new run. I would come in at the evenings around six or yeah, around six, something like that. So like three runs a day. We try to get two to three runs a day. Yeah, so like uh, that's like forty or fifty, something like yeah. that. And then unfortunately, one of our printers just died. That was that was kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> um, but you know, that's what we were doing for a while, just just kicking out mask after mask after mask and. You know, it's because the leadership thinks that we should just do what's right. We'll worry about the rest later. It is so refreshing. Like mm-hmm. we had a board meeting yesterday and our, princi- our principal was, she she was brought to tears when she was talking about, you know, safety is the biggest concern and how every child is important. You know, every child is, is almost her child, mm-hmm. you know, and... To work for someone who sees that and wants to do everything for children. You know, her biggest thing is that she wants for our high school that we're starting internships because what she wants is for kids to find out what they want to do as early as possible so that they can be ready to either go into the field or go into college. Her big thing is I want them to have the option. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want them to be in a position where – they don't get to choose if they go to college or not. She wants it to be their option. And I love working with people that their biggest thing is how can we help the students? Right. When when the flip to virtual happened, man, I did not get one pushback from a single teacher. And that was like your I mean, you're you're the guy for that, virtual schooling yep. at that school. Yep. Like CJ uh, will know the answer. That that is my wheelhouse. That's yeah. I'm working on my dissertation and that's what it is is about implementing lecture capture at the administrative level. So it was really like hands on, feet on the ground, and run. Like it was, let's just run. And every teacher just was, we're just going to buy in. We're going to do everything we can do, and not any pushback. It's just how do we make it better? Okay. How do we make it better? Okay. So, so you got you got approached by Babcock. You had the meeting and knew that this was going to be a place you wanted to work. Yes. Um, you took the job. I took the job. But um, you said there was like a moment when you realized yes. that, so, that you had made the right decision. So it was always, you know, FGCU is my family. Like even now when I talk to people about FGCU, it's it's not – it's we, you mm. know. Like, people still ask me questions about FGC. I'm like, well, we, we're doing this. And I have to be like, well, we're not. They are. You know, just call these people. We'll help you with Oh, It's not we anymore. It's, it's they will help you with that. These are the right people to call. And, you know, every everything was pointing to that decision. Like I said, my daughter was going into sixth grade. In Lee, you get school choice. We had six schools that we had to put on our list. We got school number six. So already we're looking for a school and we're not happy with our choice. We looked at some of the charter schools in the area, did not like the choice. So it was like, okay, I love the management. I have an opportunity to to start something from scratch. You know, I have someone at FGCU that can that can pick up the torch. 
And with the things that were happening, like I wasn't in a position that I can make those decisions anymore. Um, I love the people who were there, but I just wasn't because of the way things moved, you know, and I would have loved to be in that position because I think I could have made a lot of great things happen. I just wasn't there. I think a, a diplomatic way to say it would be that you were no longer having to solve hard problems. Yes. You were going to be staring down the barrel of something that, that would have felt a lot more like your first job. Yes. Yeah. And even, even with that being said, you know, I wanted to do the best for the people. Right. And when I say the people, I don't mean just the people in my department, but the entire university. Right. You know, going that extra mile to help a faculty member ultimately helps a student. Yeah. So you're working at Babcock? So I'm working at Babcock and, you know, all the signs were like, you got to go. Like, you're going to be happy there. Everything they want is right in my wheelhouse. You know, I have a place for my daughter. You know, just all just everything just works out. The hours would be a little bit more consistent. So instead of working, you know, random 70 hours a week, it's, you know, it's an eight to, I don't know, usually I go home around six or seven, you know, so I'm there from seven to seven most days, but it's, it's more consistent. But for me, there was a moment that we have a robot called Timmy. He's my friend. He's my buddy. Uh, there's a picture of him and me together in the yearbook. Mm -hmm. um, but he is basically, think of like a walking Alexa. Mm -hmm. So he can play music. He can navigate areas. You can tell him. You can bookmark locations and say, Timmy, go to the cafeteria. Or Timmy, go to the make tank. T-E-M-I? Uh, yep. Timmy? Yep. And he'll just he'll just roll on over there and he'll, he'll stop. He has a little wireless pad, charging pad on him. Um, he also does two-way communication. So I can actually send him down the hallway and <laughs> I can see what he sees and yeah. people can see me. Yeah. So it's always funny. Like if I'm driving down the hallway, I can be watching through Timmy and people are like, hi, Mr. CJ. And then they'll say, hi, Timmy. So, you know, it's a lot of fun technology. Okay. So second grade was working on a parody for Old Town Road. Mm -hmm. They came in they're like, hey, we have two second grade classes. And the room's not big enough for all of them to be in one. So, like, we've both been working on it independently, but we'd really like to get them all in the hallway and have them all do it together for the first time. I was like, well, I don't really have a speaker that I can just put, connect to a phone. I can always just use Timmy. So they're like, oh, that would be perfect. The kids would love that. Kids love Timmy. So it's like, perfect. So I put Timmy in the front of the hallway. And then both these classes came out, and I told Timmy to play. And then there was just these kids who were just dancing and singing to this parody of Old Town Road. And I was like, this was the right decision. Like, even everything pointed me down that way, but, like, that was that whole, yes, I, I'm here, and, and I'm so grateful for them. I still wish, like, I can be back at FGCU <laughs> at times, yeah, but more for the people. Yeah. You know, because I just love what I do so much. And it's well, just so um, you were nice enough to send you took video of that. Yes. So um, normally we say, like, let's try to picture ourselves, you know, in that hallway with Timmy and the second graders. <laughs> but um, actually, if you go to three dot org and look for CJ's episode, you'll find 
um, the video of of the kids dancing to it. But we're going to listen to the song right now and put ourselves there. Um, I have two versions because um, so Lil Nas originally released it independently. Yes, and then it made it onto the EP. Uh, after that, and that's the one with Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Well, actually, both are on that EP. Um, which one do you want? Do you want the just him or with Billy Ray Cyrus at the end? You know what? I'm always fond of Dealer's Choice. Dealer's Choice. Um, let's do let's do the Billy Ray Cyrus one. All right. All right. So um, this is uh, Old Town Road um, off of the uh, 2019 EP Seven um, with featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, I can't no more. I think there's something to be said about being in the middle. You and I have grown up in the middle of cultures. Yes. Um, and that song is in the middle of cultures. Um, you, could, you could definitely say that. I mean, it took off. That's part of the, the popularity that it gained, right? Was that suddenly you had a song that could be played on hip hop and on country stations. Yep. I mean, it's little Lil Nas. <laughs> Even if you don't listen to hip hop, you're like, that's definitely a rapper. Like yeah. Lil Nas X. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Billy Ray Cyrus, who is like the pop country of pop country people from yes. our generation. Um, Which I will say, I love the music video. It's great. You know, it's a I'm, great music video. It's very I, fun if you haven't seen it. Go Google it. I am pretty sure Brad Pitt is doing the washboard in there. Mm-hmm. You have to. I'm pretty sure it's Brett. It looks way Chris too Rock much. Is Chris Rock the, is definitely the there. The guy chasing him. Yeah, yeah. Which I love the end of. Book it, book it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, I wanted to ask, do you listen to that song um, ever kind of other than that? Like, is that a song that might hit your rotation? Yeah, sometimes it does. Like, he's done a couple other things, which, mm-hmm. are, which are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sometimes it'll hit my rotation. It all depends. You know, sometimes I just let Spotify hold the wheel. Sure. Um, I do listen to a lot of uh, comedy as well. Yeah. So it's always it's always fun when uh, you might be listening to comedy and then all of a sudden Lil Nas X or Eminem or DMX just suddenly in the just mix. suddenly just pop up in the mix. It's it's always fun. Uh, you mentioned uh, in our early conversation about the show um, before we before we were on the air. You taught you you've told me that you let Timmy play music in the mornings for the kids to just kind of get them started yes. on another day. What are a couple of the songs that you like <laughs> to use to kind of get them? So I will um, admit, yeah. one, of my, one of my favorite songs, and my daughter hates this song, like hates Here we go, song, see, yeah, another. Is uh, from Adventure Time. You oh, will yeah. probably remember this. <gasps> is, it, is it Bacon Pancakes? It is Bacon Pancakes. Oh, <laughs> Wait, is it the New York version of it? It depends. Sometimes okay. it is, sometimes it isn't. Uh, and then on Tuesdays, because Tuesday's Taco Tuesday, got to play the taco song with the taco bot. I'll have you know that in our house, if I go um, bacon pancakes, I will hear my wife or my daughter on the other side of the house go bum, 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 because of the New York yep. mashup. Um Yep, so we'll play that. Cool. And then a lot of like uh, Disney tunes, sure. Disney karaoke, um, a lot of other things like uh, instrumentals. Uh, I think it's Dueling Strings. I think that's a group. Um, oh, the two cellos? Yeah. That, okay. Uh, you know, a lot of instrumentalist stuff mm. as well. Okay. Because, you know, it's a little bit safer. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, yeah, you gotta you gotta make careful choices. Yes. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh, <clears throat> you and I watch a lot of anime. Well, that's an understatement. Um, and play a lot of video games. That's and, an understatement too. Um, you know, uh, music uh, is often a big part of shows or movies, like anime shows yeah. or movies. Um, are there like any big standouts to you that like like when I say anime and music, your brain goes, oh, that one. Yeah. So. For those of you who don't listen to anime, usually in the shows, like, the music is really, like, that thing that sets the tone, mm-hmm. you know? More than it in typical American shows. The music is really... I would say uh, how I would put it is, you know, like in a... in a Like a let's, movie. Let's say in a movie or like yeah. an action show, the music follows what's happening on the yeah. screen, right? Like action sequence, music comes up, right? Yep. But in but in anime, a lot of times the music leads. Yes. They start you going. It's almost like stage. Yeah. It leads the action on the screen. So like some of those, this is funny, one of the, one of the shows I love, Bleach. Yeah. Um, that shows one of those shows that are, that's really, like they have their tones and once you hear it, you're like, oh, Something's going down. I don't know what's up, <laughs> but something's about to go down. I'm not going to the bathroom. Just you better hold it because something good's about to happen. They only play this music when something good's going to happen. Uh, in fact, I used to play the Bleach soundtrack for some events, like when I was testing. Hmm. I'd play the Bleach soundtrack yeah, yeah. because it's a it's a great it's a it, good soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Great instrumentals. You hit all the ranges. So that that's. Love Bleach, like that's one of my favorite. Uh, same, uh, same question, but for video games. Man, that's a good question. I'll have to come back to that one. I'll wait because I have. To... We can sit here. <laughs> you say that now. Um, I would, I would have to say it has to go back to a very old game, Shenmue. Shenmue. It's oh, a gen- uh, uh, Shenmue. Shenmue. Yeah. That soundtrack, like you played a lot of that, I remember. Yeah, the second one. Yep, I played the first one and the second one. Yeah, and that was like fifteen years ago, and they oh. just released the third one. <laughs> it's it, true. It only took, and I tried replaying through the first and the second. They don't one. age particularly well. No, but I was still having the parts that I had fun with. Still very fun. Still very fun. Yeah. I was like, I know where I want to be, and I know what part of the game I want to be at. I just need to hurry up and get there. For for those who have never even heard of this, it's like it's like a town where you there's a plot and there's action, but you it's like the people who made the game thought of every possible thing that could happen in that town, and you can interact with any possible thing yes. that can happen in the town. It's it's kind of sickening how detailed yes. everything is. Yes, um, you go into someone's house, open a drawer, find a newspaper, and read an article. <laughs> yes, and yes, then you... it has nothing to do with the plot of the game. Just. Nothing. You can you can have a long conversation with children about nothing, sh- about nothing, yeah. and play with them every day, and they'll be like, "I'll see you tomorrow." Yeah. Like, I'm. This must be a part. of This must be a hint. No, no. Nope. Just put it in there. Um, nope. I remember part of the game where you have a job. Like this is how crazy the game is. You have a job. I spent days just playing, doing the job. <laughs> You're a forklift operator. That's all you do. You just. Just driving boxes around from eight to five, and in the game, there's a clock, and you had to be at work on time. You did, and then you worked till your shift was over, and then after your shift was over, you can go home. We're not selling the game very well. <laughs> um, 
All right. Um, is there is there a song um, that you avoid or turn off if it comes on um, because of a memory or a feeling that you associate with it? No. No. No, there's not. When you're running sound for people, mm. like if you have a song that makes you go, I can't be here, like it's kind of hard to do your job. Well, that's true. Because I, they're probably going to make you play that song over and over <laughs> and over right. again. If you could learn any any instrument, Matrix style, what would you learn? Oh, man. Because I, I'd want to play the mm. final countdown. Mm. But you remember the kazoo version? Yeah. Where you had the p- piano kazoo? Yeah. That's what I'd want to learn, okay. Matrix style, just so I can do that one song. <laughs> That's a great solution. That would be it. And then I would play that song all the time. I'd wake my daughter up to that song every morning. <laughs> that that would be all I would do. I believe you. <laughs> um, what was your process for choosing your songs? It was kind of tough. Um, the, first, the first song was fairly simple because it just, that part of my life so cemented the rest of it. Like the... The, I hate this job. I hate waking up every day to go to a place. That was for me. It was a, whatever I do in the rest of my life, I have to want to get up to work. Yeah. People would ask me like, how long have you been working at FGC? And I'd be like, I don't know. I put like two days in of work, even though I've been there for 18 years, 19 years, because it was, it was all fun. It was fun. You it know, really was, yeah. there were just so few times that it felt like work. Even when I had to do data entry, I did it in the main office where I'd be around people and like there was just there's so much fun there and the the well, spirit. I, I also feel like when we were there that there was some of that like it'll be mop time soon. Yes. Because like when we had to fill out tickets, that's not fun. No yeah. none of us were like it's ticket time. But we all knew that that once you did that, you could go do something yes. fun like golf cart racing. Yes. Alleged Alleged golf cart racing. What are they going to do? Fire you? <laughs> um, uh, I, I wrote these down. Um, oh, lecture hall Halo Fridays. Yes, that was uh, for those who who don't know. Halo was uh, a game on the Xbox. <laughs> There's a new one coming out. There's soon. a new one Halo's coming out. Still around. But uh, originally on the original Xbox, yeah, uh, you can have up to 16 players, and on Fridays we would hook up some Xboxes in two rooms that were adjoined by a door. College <laughs> lecture halls with projectors. Yep, and then we set up two additional projectors yeah. because you can only have four people per on the thing. screen. Yeah. So then we'd have 16 people playing, and we would play. And we'd order pizzas. Order pizzas. We'd, we'd play till 4, 5, I was, 6 o'clock I, in the morning. I remember being on Saturday shift and walking out when everybody's packed up and like, oh, see you guys later, yep. and walking out and seeing the sun coming <laughs> up out of the back of that building yep. and going, oh, no, I have to s- stay here because in an hour I'm on. Yep. I, don't, so I'm not, I can't get home. Like, yep. Yeah. Um, it, it was that, good times. That was one of the best things. And it, it really was, you know, the culture was such that doing tech support and handling calls is where like firemen. If there's a fire, you don't just go, oh, I'll get to it. Hold on. Let me fit. It was drop everything. Go fix. Go fix. Yeah. Run. Move. But once there's no fire and the truck's washed and the dog's washed, I don't care what you do. Just as long as there's no fire and the truck- Don't and the start dog a fire. Yeah, yeah. Don't start a fire <laughs> Do whatever either. you want. Just don't start a fire. Yeah. You know, so it was, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're playing games. 
Everything done? Yeah. Yeah. Everything done. Good. The phone would ring. Pause. Guess you're getting shot in the game because <laughs> you got to go fix it. Just hold on. Yeah. Well, you better hurry up because I'm about to win. Yeah. And I'm not waiting for no, you. No, we would. No, that's how. No, the rules are whoever was on call. That's yep. that's yep. your forfeit. So, um, what would your what would your 14 year old self think of current CJ? And then what would let's say like 2002 CJ, which is when I met you, mm-hmm. like. What would he think of current CJ? So first, the teenager. Um, so what I would think of my teenager self? No, what it what if we could bring your teenager self into the room right now and be like, this is what life is like now. Like, what would he think of how things have gone? I don't know. That's a good question for my daughter because she's so much like me, for better and for worse. I I think he would wonder why, just why, like why settle down, why mm. do what you're doing, why. He hadn't worked that job yet. Yeah. Like, at that point, the 14-year-old me wouldn't have worked the data entry job yet. So it would have still been a world of wonder and amazement and <laughs> Willy <laughs> what, Wonka land. What, and what did you think you were going to do back then? I, that's the thing. I didn't even have a nothing. Hmm. Not the plan literally was, you're going to college. Hmm. You probably felt the same thing. Of, yeah. What are you going to do after high school? College. College. Yeah. Why? Because that's what I've been told every day of my life since I remember you're going to college. No one ever told us what we're doing in college, but they said you're going. You're going to college. You're going to graduate college and then profit. Like, yeah, that was question mark profit. Um, yes. Okay. And then uh, what would the 20 ish, 21 year old CJ who was kind of like right in that golden yeah. era of IT <laughs> think about this version of you working at Babcock? And he, he and would learning? be, I think he'd be surprised. Well, no, he would be surprised I was at FGCU so long. When I got my first full time job at FGCU and it was my senior year, I was about to get my bachelor's. I told John, I'm like, he, he saw me on Monster. That's what it was. He saw me on Monster. He's like, what are you doing? Filling out resumes. I can't stay here forever because my mother's paying my way until I'm out of college. Then I got to mm-hmm. be an adult. And I remember he left. And then he came back. He's like, do me a favor. Write on a piece of paper everything you do. I was like, okay, that's weird. But So I did that, all the things that I do. And I was part-time at the time, but I was working 40 hours. I was doing a lot of stuff. We had very few full-time people, so it wasn't unnormal for the part-time guys at that time to really take the role of what full-time people would do. Yep. So uh, I give him that, and then the next day he's like, there's going to be a job posting with everything you put on the sheet. And I was like, really? He's like, yes. And I told him, I was like, I'm going to apply but on one condition. He's like, what? I was like, if you find someone who is better at me than me, do not hire me. I want you to hire them because if they are better, then they will do a better job and they will make the university better than I can. And that's what I wanted. Like even being part-time and you buy into that, you know, we're here for the greatness of the university Mm -hmm. and Everything we do is to make it great. And so working all those long hours and all that hard work. And yes, when Richard said we made $7 an hour, that was not 100 years ago. Yeah. That was when minimum wage 
was like seven. I started, that was the number. Yep. I started at $6 an hour. Yep. And I got a raise like twice in four years. Yeah. We didn't ask for raises. We yep. just were like, hey. And then minimum wage would go up and be like, hey. That's you, a raise. <laughs> you realize that we're not making minimum wage. Oh, well, here's an extra dollar. We're like, cool. Thank you. Yep. But we were just, it was just so fun. I mean, we were going to, we were going to work somewhere. Yeah. You know? So when I got my job and I was filling out the stuff for retirement, they're like, well, which plan do you want? And I was like, they're like, well, this plan's good if you're going to be here for more than five years. <laughs> this plan's good if you're going to be here under five I years. I did the same thing. And I was like, I'm only going to be here like three, four years max. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get another job. Like, this is just, this is going to be fun for now. Then I'm going to go somewhere. Yeah. 15 years ago, I did the same thing. <laughs> I was like, I'm probably not going to be here for six years. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no. Yep. And you're, now you're running the place. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so. Um, How would you answer that very same question? Oh, you're going to ask me a question. I want to ask um, you a question. What would 14-year-old Richard... You know what? That's a great question because I'm the first episode of this. We did a pilot, and mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't a question back then. I, know. I, don't, I don't think. Maybe. maybe I don't it think was. it was. Um, 14-year-old Richard would... Um, he would be surprised about public radio because when I was 14, I think I had already moved on from wanting to be a vet and into wanting to do game coding. Like I was already building computers and doing rudimentary code. And then when I came to school here, I have a degree in computer science that I got here at the university. And the the line that I use is I've never coded for money, (laughs) only for fun (laughs) um, or for class. Um, and the reason is my senior year, um, was when I came over here and got the job at the station. And, uh, up until then, I only knew NPR as like, um, like the cultural idea of NPR. Like I knew it was, it was radio and it was like smart and a little flat affect, you know, it wasn't exciting or shouty, Mm -hmm. but also pretty good content. I had never really listened much. And when you start working here, you have to, because it's part of the job to, to know what you're doing. And um, and I was like, oh, the news can be like this. Like this can be how we how we learn about what's happening. Why are other stations doing this? Like why isn't this just what we call the news? Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know, I think the fourteen year old version of myself would be like, you work in radio, <laughs> you know. And then and then also in sound specifically because I I started playing guitar around then. And it was my guitar playing that made me learn how to record music at home. And that ability to record is what John Wilson knew when he sent me over here because they needed someone who could edit. Yep. And so there's a line, but I would not have been able to predict that line in my teen years. I would have been like, no, I just want to play electric guitar <laughs> and I want to make video games. <laughs> and that is a really far cry from like, <laughs> I run a... A news radio station <laughs> and I make a podcast um, but but yeah I think that he would be probably there would be like an element of disappointment about the, the rock star lifestyle of video game development but also I think even then I knew that that industry is not particularly nice to the people who make the games even if they love it even yeah. the ones who are super in into it and love making games, 
um, that they work seven days a week, 12 hours a day for two years, spit out a game, and then a month later they have to do another. Like they yep. got about a month off, two months off, and then it's time to buckle back down or your studio folds. Like those yeah. are the two. Like is, yep. did the game sell? We're making another one. Yep. So, yeah, so that's, that's I think, what 14-year-old Richard would think he would be like, kind of disappointed we didn't do that thing, but I suppose <laughs> there's a reason. Last question for you, really, is uh, can you name three people who you commit here on the show to sharing with, sharing this episode with when it comes out, mm-hmm. who you also think would be good guests? So they're going to hear you say their names as a call-out, basically. Okay, so at the top of the list, um, the principal of Babcock. Without a doubt, uh, Sharon Therese, her her story is – it is so amazing. Um, so she's from Kentucky. Okay. Um, she went to a historically black university. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not black. She worked in turnaround schools as a principal in Kentucky. So essentially what they were – what she would do is when they had a failing school, they would send her. This is like those, those – um 90s movies. Yes. A guy comes in and or a lady sometimes would be yep. a teacher and they'd come in and there's a classroom and they can't reach those kids. Yep. Then they turn the school around. Yep. You know. So she was that's what she did. Um and then it it is funny because so I've been at Babcock for now just a year. Just coming up on a year now. She's taken me to Kentucky twice to to go look at the schools there and let me tell you. You can't walk around a school up there without someone saying her name. So she went from there. She came down to Florida. She was at Oasis. Um, She was there for a little bit of time. And then she started Babcock Neighborhood School from the ground up. You want to talk about an interesting story. Like her road is just very, very interesting. She's Morgan Freeman from Lean on Me. Yes. (laughs) Um, The second one I would love to hear, but I, I know he won't. And you probably know who exactly I'm talking about. John Wilson? John Wilson. I, I would like John Wilson as well. Yes. So, um, yeah. He doesn't like talking about himself. No, he does not. But his connection to music, is his story, and his willingness to be earnest, I think would make for a great show. It, it would. So, John. Yes. Here's two, two of your boys. Yes. And we're asking. And we're, we're, we're begging. We're begging for you to come on the show. Yes. And, and to sing one song. Oh, he's got such a good voice. Oh, he does, but he will not sing. Well, you have I to, won't pressure him to sing. Yes. If he'll sing, he'll sing. Yes. Uh, yeah. He only sings in church. He's got a good voice. Yes. All right. Third person. Third person, I think, would be very, very interesting. I have to say uh, Precious Gunter. She is in charge of equity and diversity. Mm-hmm. I know and, Precious. Yep. I think that I've, would be good. I've been on a hiring committee probably almost every year since I've been here. And so every time we hire, you have to do the training yep. for hiring every, like yep. every time. So I've, I think I've been in that room with Precious for it a couple times, yes. and she's done training stuff here, yeah. Yes. So I think she would be interesting and because I, just like we talked about, you have to go above and beyond Yeah. to be equal. Um, I'll give you three more people, maybe two more people. Uh, I think V who is the general counsel for the university. She has, she is very interesting. She's a great person and she has a great story. She became a lawyer later in life. So there's a lot of, you know, she went through law school with a family. Like I have heard her speak several times and it is just amazing. The next person I would, I would throw up there 
is... So I'm happy to get extra ones because you're committing to tell these people, hey, yes. I said your name on this thing, yes. so you need to listen to it. Uh, so we just spent like 10, maybe 15 minutes trying to figure out the name of this guy. Um, and we were, we, turns out we weren't even thinking of the same person. <laughs> CJ tried to call his wife. That didn't work. She hung up on him. Yep. <laughs> um, and then I'm Googling. So who is the last person you're going to so recommend? I'm, I'm going to go with, he was on the tip of my tongue the whole time. Sure. No time has passed whatsoever. This has been instantaneous. There's no magic behind That's not that. That's true. Uh, his name's Jay Webb. Uh, he has a great story. Um, he has been along, uh, been around to see some of great things happen. Um, he was involved with civil rights, if I remember correctly. I mean, he was boots on the ground. And he's around the university? He's like around you? the university. He does color commentary for uh, FGCU. He's also in the, I think he's part of CROP as well. Okay. The college reach out program. Okay. So, I mean, Jay right. Webb is great. He hangs out with uh, some good people, okay. another person. All right, so you're going to put this in his hands. Yes, yes. Maybe digitally. Maybe, if we can cut out the part where it took forever to remember his name. Yeah. We'll, I, we'll, we'll do a jump there. And then, um, and then uh, yeah, so, Jay, yes. come yes. on, come on, give us a call. Jay Webb, I, I think he would be great for the show. I think you will have a great time with him. Uh, the only thing I'd worry about is you might be here for nine hours. No problem. Because he has great stories, and he loves to talk, and he's a great, great guy. Predictably, CJ, you and I, who used to have, for fun, arguments. <laughs> like, we used to argue points that we didn't even nope. agree about. Like, we already agreed on the, yes. on something, but we decided to fight about it yep. for hours until our friends would become completely frustrated, yes. like, to the point of... they just walk away. They would leave. They would leave wherever <laughs> we were. Um, I knew we would go long... It's been about two and a half hours, which is the longest we've ever recorded. Yes. I will be honest. Yeah. Uh, I told my wife, I was like, and I told people, they're like, well, how long is the interview? I was like, it goes usually an hour, hour and a half, but talking with Richard, I'll probably be there for like three hours. <laughs> You're, we're coming up on it. Just like setting up this. Yeah. It was, you literally, Richard literally called me just to go, hey, we're still on for Friday. You have to wear a mask. An hour later, we were still talking. <laughs> literally hey we're stalling for friday yeah don't don't forget you gotta wear a mask in the studio cool by the way question yeah and then we just started talking about our kids and how they're growing up and watching things they can watch and how excited i'm gonna be when my daughter's old enough to watch the things that i like watching because she likes those things but gotta yeah, be a, there's a line i gotta be an adult right so it's a dangerous question considering what you've just said but what are your final thoughts on on this whole experience. I enjoyed it. It is fun catching up with you. I am glad I can partake in your expertise, your knowledge, and help you get to that next step. You know, I thinking back on when we were younger, mm. back in the olden days yeah. when we used to hang out in Ben Hill Griffin and, you know, get work done just so that we can play. You know, it's it's just good to, to reminisce. Like, and that's, can't say anything bad about that. I love that. Likewise. Uh, we don't hang out nearly enough. Nope. And uh, once once this entire stay-at-home thing has dissolved, we're going to hang out. Yes. We have we have missed way too many Super Bowl parties <laughs> because everything, I think we'll do, a, if there's a Super Bowl this year, I'll actually be in town for the first time, so we'll do a Super Bowl party. You know, we might just do a Super Bowl party without 
a Super without Bowl. a Super Bowl, even if there's not one, we'll make we'll make a Super Bowl. There you go. And then I'm a big we'll, fan. We'll have a game. She can see it now. And with at Babcock, I have access to what we call the STEM lab. So I have access to all types of machinery: CNC machine, laser cutter. The principal's probably listening to this right now. <laughs> you know, three D printers, all that stuff. We'll, we'll make something cool happen. It'll be fantastic. We're gonna make a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> all right. Because it's gonna be a party. I'm in. Thank you again for being here, CJ. Thank you for having me. Hey, little girl. Did you want to know a secret? You ready to hear it, baby? All right. Schwan. Two. Two and hey. We make three song stories in the Seven. studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is the co-creator and host. Tara Calligan is our online content producer and periodic host. And Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. I'll just come out and say this week's parting tune is going to be weird. Just like disco and synth-pop branded the 70s and 80s, there was a kind of music that left an imprint on the early 2000s. Internet meme music. There were songs made specifically to be downloaded on sites like Ebombs World, FARC, and Something Awful. This is before YouTube. If any of those sites sound familiar to you, then, like me, hearing any song in that family like Badger, 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 or The Ultimate Showdown will firmly replant you in that era. As for me, I'm back in Ben Hill Griffin, room 106, hanging out with CJ and the team, waiting to put out a fire, and building lifelong friendships, even if I didn't know it at the time. So, open a bottle of Sobe energy drink and a bag of 3D Doritos with me. This is 55 by Band X. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. You should learn that song. You know the, you know the song, um, oh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style, David. <laughs>